gentlemen and welcome to the show on this episode of distilled discussions the foremost podcast destination for everything alcohol particularly the magical elixir that is bourbon we will be discussing everything old forester we'll go through the history of the distillery current news and events and of course our personal favorite aspect of the show the tastings that's right i cannot wait and with me as always is my intrepid and brilliant co-host andy kleschik andy how you doing this week it's been a good week been a long week, but it's been good. Oh, um, yes. I was looking forward to this episode and to our, our, our broing down and our hanging oh, out yeah. uh, all week, man. I've, I've really been excited about it, and I'm not uh, just saying that because, uh, to, you know, for your feelings or for the fans' feelings or the listeners' feelings, uh, I've actually been very much excited about it. Yeah, this is, uh, this is one of the ones that I actually was excited about, too, doing Old Forester since, again, it's yeah. another distillery that I love and I've actually visited mm-hmm. uh, before year or two ago so it's one that i really definitely wanted to do right and pre i wanted to get it done early on for us right absolutely and i i know you were yeah you were i know you were very excited about it i'm uh even more exci- i'm very i'm i was very much looking forward to it i'm even more excited about next week's episode makers mark stay tuned everyone oh. <laughs> uh but uh yes old forester uh there's a lot of reason to be very excited about this bourbon and we're going to talk about every you know every aspect of its history and uh its taste and all of that but before we do andy why don't you uh pour us, us a couple glasses sure of thing. the uh the old forester uh, yeah and we... i recommend everyone else wa- uh, walks into the forest with the us uh pour yourself a glass of old forester or some kind of uh bourbon some kind of alcohol whatever floats your boat but obviously we would prefer old forester we want something to be drinking along with as we record the the, the show but we will be doing a more formal uh taste taste testing at the end um so stay tuned for that uh, more formal aspect of it but well, thank you sir but we wanted no to uh we wanted to get into uh the show uh with of course some suburban so let's um, uh let's do uh some yeah yeah you know, salute Cheers. son yeah. I mean, the first reason we got to do it is, uh, as I'm sure everybody has heard by now, news came out with that Thursday or Friday afternoon. Uh, uh, I think it came out Friday. Yeah, I think it came out Friday. Uh, just Yesterday. raise your glass. Yesterday. Yeah. We record this on Saturday, even though the show comes out on, on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, raise your glass up. Uh, Chadwick Bozeman. For anybody that knows, uh, played Jackie Robinson in 42 and then... Most famous for King T'Challa. Play Black Panther in the Black Panther movie and the Avengers um, franchise, the Mar- you know, the Marvel Universe. He also played James Brown brilliantly, and I was a big James Brown fan, and he really crushed that role. He was a, he was a, he was a great actor, and he could have been one of the greatest actors of a generation. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, like you said the Life other day, he passed. Short. Yeah, he passed away. About forty-two or forty-three years old. Very died young. Of colon cancer. Yeah, very young, forty-three, and. Um, I'm not going to get into the the details, but colon cancer is not a good way to go, my friends. So... And it really, it really stunned me. I was very, you know, usually stunned I stunned everybody, I right? Think. I think I'm all, I'm always, you know, I get a little bit sad about, uh, you know, people dying. Like Kobe Bryant died not too long ago, but that one didn't really shake me that much. But this one really hit close to home. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. He, Bo, how do you pronounce his name? Chadwick Boseman. Boseman. That's how, that's how I've always heard it pronounced, at least. He, yeah. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, he was, you know, he he hit it very, very well. The yeah. guy was, if you looked at him you, in those movies, you you saw him in, in public life. He looked like a strapping young man, very healthy, in his prime, uh-huh. cut down way too soon, obviously. And I think it's just a reminder that, you know, any of us, no matter how rich, famous, 
poor, unknown, uh, happy, unhappy, you know, whatever age, it can happen to any of us. We can all die young, uh, unfortunately, and I don't want to make the, 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 the mood too somber here, but I think the more important lesson that should be taken from this is that you should enjoy every moment you should enjoy yeah. every day because enjoy life you while really, you can right because you really never know when it's going to be your time uh as chadwick unfortunately demonstrates very young very healthy looking and uh, he's been you know sick for about four years now and he kept it under wraps he kept it secret secret i don't think anyone knew about it um and one of the reasons i think people weren't didn't know about it is because he looked so healthy but just because um you, you think just because someone looks like you know looks great on the outside doesn't necessarily mean that's the case and um so i think we should of course again not judge books by their cover and not just make any assumptions and, and know that one day we you know it will come this ride will come to an end so we need to make sure we um, enjoy life uh, to the fullest uh, drink our, our bourbons and enjoy them and well, have we can. A, yeah, and have a good time. So, uh, R.I.P. to uh, Chadwick Boseman. We're you know we're very much going to miss him. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers, of course, with his family. And um, you know, it, it's sad to see him go, but uh, he did accomplish a, a many great things. I think he made the world a better place. He he improved people's lives. He made people happy. Uh, and I, I'm sure he lived every one of his uh, days to the, the fullest. And that's what we all need to do in in order to honor his memory. Yeah, ex- exactly. I I think we so just that moment of silence for him right now. While we can. All right, Andy, let's jump into Old Forester. Okay, yeah. So Old Forester, like I said, this at the top of the show, this is one that I, one of my favorite bourbons. Uh, I loved their distillery when I visited them. They're about 150 years old now. They were founded in 1870 uh, by George Garvin Brown. Anybody who works at a Brown Foreman will definitely know that name because that is the company that he later ended up founding that owns uh, Old Forester among many different other bourbons, whiskeys, other alcohol brands. Yeah, he was a pharmaceutical salesman turned bourbon merchant. And yeah. I think it's an interesting note because you're going to see the whole, you're going to see with Old Forester specifically, there is a pretty strong pharmaceutical, if you will, theme that underlines yeah. this entire brand and its history. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, as John said, originally kind of a pharmaceutical sales rep merchant, uh, eventually ended up getting into the whiskey business, the bourbon business specifically, um, old Forester, they were originally founded down on whiskey row, which is down in Louisville. Um, they're now actually their main tour destination is down now down back at the original location where they were. You know, 150 so odd years ago, actually 150 years ago this year, since they were founded in 1870. Um, it's a brand that has been, it's the longest running brand that has been operated and dis- producing distilled bourbon under one family name. Um, obviously, as we talked with our Buffalo Trace episode, not, you know, there are definitely brands that are far older but have not in terms of like distill distilling in the same spot, but they were changing hands very often. Mm-hmm. So this is the one that has been a distilling for the longest under one family name. And they still have, I believe, 
what, I think they're fourth or fifth generation, maybe now. Yeah, the the fam. Um, I know uh, Brown's uh, family, his descendants, are still managing the company. Yeah, in some capacity, right? Whether through Brown Foreman or directly Old Forester. I want to just dive a little bit into the history. Uh, I'll, I'll get a into the the weeds, into the force a little more, if you will. Like you said, it was originally founded by Gavin Brown. Uh, his half brother John Thompson uh, Street Brown was also very much involved uh, with the uh, the formation of uh, Old Forester. He also was involved in. Uh, the history he's a pretty significant hist- figure in the history of four roses roses distillery and we'll get yeah. into that a little more when we actually uh, do the four roses episode uh mm-hmm. it became the brown foreman company in 1902 after several partnerships and name changings uh changes involving uh the partners uh then yeah. henry chambers and george foreman uh not uh, no no relation <laughs> yeah uh, and George Gavin Brown became the, uh, they, they were, I should say, Henry Chambers and George Foreman were involved. And then uh, at 1902, uh, George Gavin, uh, Garvin, I should say, Brown became the sole owner of the, the company. Yeah, exactly. And the, yeah, and now the company is actually publicly traded on the New York yeah. Stock Exchange. Well, yeah, so the Brown Foreman company name is traded right. publicly traded uh old forester itself right of course is not. yeah the o- I, yeah the o- yeah. overarching corporation i don't know of any a- foreman yeah i don't know of any actual distilleries that have their own publicly traded stock or anything yeah i don't know without an overarching um parent company right brown foreman's currently trading for 73 dollars and 60 cents a share yeah, and is way up over the last five years for anyone yeah. interested in the, the uh, stock yeah. market there. Any, anybody who cares about that right now um and of course, as I mentioned, longest running family owned, single family owned distillery. There's only one way in America that could have happened. Pro- they were distilling through prohibition. They were one of a handful, couple handfuls of distilleries. One that I found one in, one in ten, I think, or less distilleries that actually were distilling through prohibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, under as we discussed. With Buffalo Trace, again, it was medicinal purposes during that period. And, yeah. of course, as everybody knows, and we might go into that topic in a later episode, that was just that was a tough time for pretty much every brand out there. Um, and they were the first brand that actually was sold in a glass bottle. Mm-hmm. Which back, you know, in the, like, the early 1900s, late 18. 18- well, all of, I guess, kind of the, all of the 1800s. A big reason why that was a claim to fame for them, not only because they were the first brand to do it, but it's a big claim to fame because up until them doing it, most bourbons weren't doing it. And, well, actually, all bourbons weren't doing it, I guess. And it was something basically, it was kind of like your seal of like, this is actually bourbon. You can see it. You know the product, right? And uh, like you said, it's the it was the first it was the first bourbon sold in a glass bottle. It was also the first bourbon, and, and you talked about that uh, that you know that um, inspiring confidence there in, in the product. It was not only the first bourbon in a glass bottle; it was the first bourbon in sealed bottles. Um, so exactly, and they, so you knew exactly what you were getting. Absolutely, they went they went for this route because they wanted to ensure no adulteration, no substitution, no uh, tampering with the contents. And um, because of this, they were initially sold in pharmacies as a medical product. You mentioned that they yeah, that's kind 
kind of how they started out initially yeah, and doing you, it. Yeah, and you mentioned that. And it's interesting because I mentioned earlier the pharmacy theme here. Not only uh, was were they originally sold in pharmacies, the founder was actually a yeah. pharmacist uh, and turned then, a bourbon mer- a merchant. Yeah, and then, of course, Prohibition happened where... Which made which was perfect for their business model yeah, since they were already exactly being perfect. sold yeah. as a medicine essentially. Yeah, uh, and I and I do you know I always love that the, the whole it's a medicine just kind of worked out perfect timing for them. Right. Well, of course, we made sure uh, alcohol was an essential business during COVID. So, yeah. um, of course, it was still a uh, Old Forster and uh, Buffalo Trace were two of the ten that were deemed essential during Prohibition. Yeah. And uh, because of this, uh, the fact that it was sealed, you had great quality assurance, and it was started off being sold to pharmacists and doctors. They loved it. They loved that it was, um, they, you know, they loved that it was sealed. They loved that it was trusted. They loved that it was, um, they touted it regularly as medicine because of this. And originally the product was, the, the, the name of the, the product, Old Forester, was spelled with double R's. Uh, with, and they, they actually they changed actually had, this at the end. Because there was another, I think, pharmacist out there that, had that last name spelled that way, so they kind of wanted to differentiate there. Well, actually, what, what actually what the history was, the product was reported to have been named after a specific physician, Dr. William Forrester, who had the double R's in his name, and he endorsed the consumption as a medicine, but they ended up renaming it because they wanted to avoid the direct reference to the physician's yeah. uh, name. They didn't want him to be like directly tied to it because they didn't want him to be harassed, what have you. But because of this name change, because of the fact that this bottle was um, was sealed this way, because of the fact that they, they distributed it through through pharmacists and uh, doctors, mm-hmm. it became very popular with the uh, general public because doctors were and pharmacists were saying, "Hey, this is a great product." It's reputable. So you're exactly yeah. because of that, um, and it helped so, them out in so, 1897 with the Bottle and Bond Act, right? Um, which is again a whole nother thing for a later time, but. Anyways, go on. I was just gonna say that uh, the because of all those things, this Old Forester for hundreds of you know 150 years now has been one of the most trusted brands in bourbon. Exactly. One of the most trusted names in bourbon. They're also one of the most innovative brands, obviously, with the the sealing of the bottles, the glass bottles, yeah. and not only did this help their brand, it actually helped all bourbons because this helped lead advances in mass production. They yeah. kind of were one of when it comes to distilling, when it comes to bottling, they were one of the leaders, one of the leading innovators when it comes to uh, the actual bottling and, and distilling of their products. So one of the most innovative brands and influential brands in bourbon history. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And of yeah. course, that's, sorry to cut you off, that also goes into the fact that they were one of the very few that were allowed to continue to operate during Prohibition. Exactly. That also that, makes them extremely iconic. Yeah, it made them definitely one of the most iconic, or, well, I shouldn't say made them. It has continued to let them be one of the most iconic and well best-selling brands on the market right now uh as i mentioned they're still in their original location they 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 went away from it for a little bit for i I don't remember why down on whiskey row um in louisville but now their visitor center and where you can actually go buy their bourbons their gift shop tours everything is back in that location Something that they really did. Is that the Shively location? No. So they actually have two different locations. Brown, they're actually, a lot of their distilling and everything happens at Brown Foreman's Distillery, where they basically make all the product. Um, Where is is that located? That's that's located in Shively. Okay. Kentucky, which is kind of right outside Louisville. on the borders of Louisville. It's kind of like a urban center just south of Louisville. Yeah. 
Like we're on the border, yeah. Yeah. So pretty much all the actual production, most if not all the actual production will happen there. But that's not where the tours are. That's if they have tours there, we weren't allowed to go there. Okay. I couldn't find tours there. But their actual tours and everything happen on their Whiskey Row um location in downtown Louisville, okay. which is where originally back way back when when George Garvin Garvin Brown was first starting the business, that's where it was. And in Louisville that was because pretty much everything involved with bourbon was on that street. And for you guys to know, this is uh, when he says it's Louisville, it is Louisville. It is downtown uh, yeah, Louisville. I mean, it's like Main Street, Louisville. It's got a very, I love the outside of it. It's got a very, uh, it's got a very Brooklyn-esque look to it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's still the original, um, like the streets, the, the, the original found, the original foundation of that building actually what is still the foundation today. Uh, they're when they were setting it up to be their new location now, where you can take the tours and everything, gift shop and everything. They had to kind of postpone it for like six months to a year because they had a fire in the building mm. that they kind of had to redo a lot of stuff that forced the plans to be delayed. But now it's up and running. It's all good. It's a gorgeous area. It's I a love gorgeous facility. Yeah, it's a gorgeous facility. Brand There's, spanking new. Yeah, and I mean when you go in. One of the first things you're going to see is their giant column still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, their giant copper column still in there. And look, it, 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 I like it because it has that original. Uh, it's got that original uh, copper column that you mentioned, but it's yeah. also it, it has a very, very modern feel. Um, but again, I, I think the it, out, it, it, it has brings that, the history um, with the modern right, flair to they, it. They mix it very well. Yeah, uh, it, exactly. It's modern. It's revolutionary. It's innovative. Uh, but it does, you don't lose that classic old Forester feel, which is exactly something you would expect from Old Forester to be one of the most innovative and, and, and cutting edge brands, not just in their taste in the their process of distilling, but also in the actual aesthetics of their facility. Yeah, ex- exactly. And and that I mean that's totally right. Uh, this is a brand again. I I think before we proceed any further, I think we need to say for anybody that wants to do the Bourbon Trail, they're on the Bourbon Trail. Get your stamps there. Uh, so I just shameless plug for that. If they if you're ever wanting to do that to those tours. I love that the facility is in a downtown area because I feel yeah. like most of them are out in the countryside. Yeah, so it's it's very unique in that. Yeah, in that way. And it, it makes me honestly not because of the taste necessarily. We'll get to that in a minute. But I almost am more intrigued and, and more. Uh, I have more of a desire to go tour their facility because yeah. of the, the, the how different it is. Yeah, yeah. They're they're one of a few in um, downtown Louisville. That you can actually go and visit. It's, I know it's them. Uh, there's an Evan Williams experience there. I think there's two different Evan Williams ones that you can go visit, if I remember correctly. But I know there's one. The one that I toured was in downtown Louisville, like right down the street from Old Forester. Uh, Angel's Envy is in downtown. And then also a Jim Beam. Not their actual like distillery tour, but a Jim Beam location is there that you can gotcha. tour. For decades, uh, for decades, Old Forester was the leading product of the Brown Company. I still think it's one of the most respected products yeah. of the Brown Company. Uh, in recent years, they have they have acquired other uh, products such as Early Times and Jack Daniels that have been far more <laughs> yeah. lucrative for them. Uh, well, Jack Daniels. They, is, they also have Woodford Reserve. So again, another oh, huge right. brand. Right, of course. Um, Jack Daniels is the leading selling whiskey of any kind in the world, according to uh, um, at least between 1956 and uh, 2007. I believe. Yeah. 
or as of 2007, it is the, the leading. So yeah. there's possible it's possible that things have changed in the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, but so again, not only are they innovative and revolutionary in the way they made they dealt with Old Forster, but they also um, acquired some of the most popular brands um, that continue mm-hmm. to be you know the benchmark uh, spirits in whatever category yeah. exactly. So it, exactly, that's something that they were very smart about in my opinion, at least very smart about kind of diversifying a bit there and gathering up some of those big name brands. Right. Uh, as Don said, old Forrester, probably the, one of the most iconic in my opinion, the most iconic, but it's one of those big brands for Brown Foreman that they have. And they have a few different, um, different old Forrester products that they do. Most classic will be their 86 proof. You can find that pretty much anywhere. That's what we're drinking today. Whoop, whoop. Usually runs, at least that I can find it, twenty to thirty bucks in that range. And you can find it. They have their signature hundred proof, and then they also have a single barrel offering that they will regularly always do. Uh, they also have their whiskey row series, so they have like an eighteen seventy original batch that they released at one point in that uh, an eighteen ninety seven bottle and bond. Uh, 1910 old fine whiskey and uh, 1920 prohibition style. Um, then they also have mint julep, uh, bourbon there. Well, they label it mint julep, but I don't think it's actually like the mint julep drink mixed into one thing, mixed into a bottle. And then probably for bourbon enthusiasts, if I could talk, uh, <laughs> anybody who knows it. Coming up this Tuesday, uh, September 2nd, Birthday Bourbon's getting released. This is going to be the 20th iteration of it. So they started about back in 2000 to 2002 in that range. But it's released every year on September 2nd. Uh, This year is going to be a 10-year-old bourbon. Uh, That was just when they were tasting barrels. The 95 barrels of the 10-year-old were the best tasting to them. So they decided to release those, but sometimes I think like last year, 2019 or 2018 was like a 12 year. So it just kind of varies. Gotcha. And, and you know what happens three days after that release on uh, Saturday, September 5th, the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. The postponed because of COVID the, Kentucky Derby. Yeah. The postponed Kentucky Derby right <laughs> in the right, right in the heart of bourbon country. Yeah, exactly. Mint juleps galore, Andy. Yeah, people watching horses and getting drunk, and that's what it's all. That's what America's all about. Exactly, and drinking this, bourbon and watching horses run, and that is yeah. that is the most Kentucky thing ever. And uh, I think Old Forester timed it perfectly with that one. Yeah, they, yeah, they definitely timed it perfectly, but they do it every year on September second gotcha. because. But it just worked out. Well yeah, this it year. worked out perfectly this year. But the reason they do it every year on September second is for those of you who know that is George Garvin Brown's birthday so this was kind of their way of just saying hey we're gonna recognize as the original founding bourbon or the original product of what is now brown foreman and old forester we're going to honor our founder's birthday so this is kind of their birthday uh love it present to him every year love it and i can't wait for that and i can't wait for the kentucky derby it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast Andy, why don't you talk to the folks out there about the uh, the breakdown of the mash bill a little bit? Yeah, so this is one, again, being a bourbon, uh, at least 51% corn. They 
are at 72% corn, so it's going to be a little bit higher corn in there, uh, like a lot of the bigger name brands will do. Then they break down into uh, 18% rye and 10% um, malted barley, so they're a high rye, meaning any any bourbon with at least 18% of it being rye grain in there. So that'll give it a little bit spicier note in it but it's still very very smooth drinkable bourbon yeah it's richer and it's richer in rye than most bourbons yeah definitely definitely it's one of the few that's richer in, and it, in it, rye. right and it's actually the same because and likely because they're like you pointed out earlier that the um the brown company there uh, which i know i'm missing what, what's the full name of the company brown, brown foreman. foreman they yeah. actually like you said own woodford reserve and it's the the the, the uh, old forester uh mash bill is the same mash bill used for woodford reserve exactly yeah so they definitely, um, being the same company, they use that as well. Mm-hmm. Originally, to produce Old Forester, Brown would actually purchase whiskeys from other distillers around him, such as uh, John Atherton and Ben uh, Mattingly, and he would actually blend them together when yeah. he was early in his stages, kind of like tinkering around in the in the lab, yeah. figuring out what exact uh, combination and, that, and, and how to make Old Forester what it is today. Yeah, and that that's something, I mean, early on, a lot of brands, that's something they'll do is they'll just source another bourbon or another whiskey, like another product there to make it just be to make their own until they can get their stuff up and running and finished aging just because it takes for anybody that likes bourbon and likes just any whiskey in general. It takes a while to let those spirits mature and age and become as great as they are yeah and it's it, it's like you we've said it's one of the most innovative one of the most respected and trusted brands in bourbon it's won tons of awards it's, an, it's unbelievably critically acclaimed uh, along the lines of um, a maker's mark uh, you know a very few people have something bad to say about old forester and i think if they do have something bad to say about it i think they're fooling themselves i think oh yeah i think they're not giving it a, a chance I, and, and i they, would definitely disagree with them and heartily. i understand you know we're bourbon snobs everyone's got as a snob they got their own preferences but if you're t- trying to tell me that old forester is not a good bourbon i'm not buying it yeah <laughs> so andy i think it's time for our favorite yeah. part of the show let's get into the tastings i actually need exactly. and once you top me off a little bit for my yep. tasting and we'll get going uh as we said it this is the um this is the 86 proof correct yeah this so this is the w- bottle that i have is the 86 proof it'll run you about 25 30 bucks at least that's where i can find it here in cincinnati northern kentucky area but I can find it about four price wise. All right, let's uh, let's uh, do the the nose test. Let's do the smell test first. It's a lot mellower of one. Mm-hmm. Brings a little bit of the orange kind of smell, a little bit of a caramel smell to me in there. I get the caramel a lot, uh, yeah, but a very very a very smooth smell. Yeah, like you said, not yeah, not it, sharp at all. Yeah, it's 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 an easy. Sipping whiskey, yeah, very it's an easy sipping bourbon. Very, and the smell is uh, the aroma is very inviting and and, and very, um, you know, I, I, slightly bold, but I think it's still right there. Yeah. What are so to tell some people, Andy? What are the best? Um, what are the best ways to taste your bourbon? Since this is one of our early episodes, we should probably review this with the listeners. Well, so I know everyone has their own kind of way. Everyone yeah. has, but I think there is a kind of a general uh, approach to whiskey taste or bourbon taste. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, first off, the the way pretty much anybody would say it in the bourbon industry is the best way to taste your whiskey and drink your whiskey is the way you like to drink it, whether that's mixed drink, on the rocks, neat, with a little bit of water, whatever. But to drink Old Forester, I actually prefer it 
because it's just so smooth, I like to do it either just neat or maybe with like a couple ice cubes, like not much in there because it's just, it's so smooth. It's so drinkable just on its own. I don't, in my opinion, I don't think you have to add a lot to it. Mm-hmm. I get, I get the, I think the taste is a lot stronger than the smell. Yeah. I get a lot of oak from it. I think, I think the it's a very a bold, very bold, uh, a very bold taste. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Get, it's a very peppery finish, which I like out of my bourbons. Yeah, it's a little bit spicier. Kind of just and, depends what you like, though. Yeah, and that yeah, exactly. And I mean, like like we were talking about a little bit of, a little bit ago, it's not going to be one that's for everybody. Uh, it's a very, it's a very rich, um, f- full, fulfilling uh, taste to it. Yeah, exactly. Very very oaky caramel, um, like with a with a very sharp peppery finish that and, you know that, and I, that I, and I do yeah, like that, that like that peppery spicy note to it is something that you'll typically see of bourbons with more rye in it right which is exactly what old forester is has a little bit more rye so that tends to lend itself being a flavoring grain for bourbon to being more spicy notes in it absolutely but still very very good in my opinion Oh, it's delicious, and um, I, you know we're gonna enjoy you know well we're gonna enjoy a couple more glasses well after uh, mm-hmm. we finish recording this one. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, what are your final thoughts on Old Forester, and what are the you know the last parting comments you want to leave with our listeners? Uh, last things I'd want to mention, uh, just as I was saying not too long ago in the episode, uh, birthday bourbon's coming out. It's coming out in the second. Pretty much anybody who has is signed up for their newsletters letters and stuff has received information on how to get it processed for doing everything this year because of course COVID is still going on uh so it's going to be a bit different this year for it for being able to purchase it make sure you can try and get your bottle of it if you can and want to and the only other thing i would say on it is under normal times it, i would definitely suggest going down there trying to book a tour currently they aren't hosting any tours right now due to covid it's just something they're trying to, you know, protect the uh, customers so that, you know, they can continue to sell bourbon to them. Mm-hmm. But when they check out their website regularly, see whenever they're going to be able to start hosting tours again. So those are my final thoughts on it. Absolutely. I love it. I just want to again reiterate, I think this is an incredible brand. I love the innovation factor that goes in with it. I love how iconic and classic it is because of that. I love that it was one of the few like Buffalo Trace that was still operating during the uh, during Prohibition. I love that they bottled and they, and they sealed it. And based on their, their, their current facilities, it seems that they are continuing that innovative streak uh, even in exactly. the modern era. And, and, and I love that the uh, descendants are still involved. They have up to 70% ownership of the company. There's And I, I love that. It, again, it is you know, one of the, the, or it is the longest running, you know, continually, continually family owned and, uh, producing, uh, bourbon distilled in the country. So I, you know, again, very it's good. Yeah. Great trust. I love that. It's trustworthy. I love that doctors and, and pharmacists were big into it back in the day. Um, so I think this is old Forrester is one of the best you can get, uh, as, at this price range at, at you know, that mid level yeah. tier and price range. I think this is one of the most reliable, innovative and trustworthy and I think brands a, out there. Exactly. And I think it's a great entry bourbon. Absolutely. 
All right, folks, that's it from us here this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe and leave a review for Distilled Discussions. We really appreciate your support, so make sure you go over and do that. Uh, we, we take any kind of feedback, positive, negative. We want to know uh, what you like, what you don't like, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. All right, everyone, have a great week. Pour yourself, another, pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.